0: time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner, Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got an opinion? Make your voice heard on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma tax resolution line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner, Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I think it's great in that there's a lot of really good football teams there. Uh, How much revenue they're going to bring to the Big 12? I don't know what how that's going to look if they're going to bring additional revenue and/or you know uh, Oklahoma and you know if our piece would be any bigger or not. I'm guessing not. But uh, as far as bringing in some really quality football teams, uh, I think that part of it's really uh, solid and really great. Yeah, so uh, that part of it's really good.
1: There's Coach Stoops not joining us today. Viva France overseas in France, probably touring the Loire region of France. I think Bob
2: is an arts guy. going to go check out the arts he's more of a World War Two guys at Normandy today, checking out the sites.
1: If you go to France, you have to go check out the uh, the Normandy area, check out the beachheads, check out the uh, the cemetery there. If you're a wino, you've got to hit the Loire region. If you want to get some nice shopping, you've got to go to the Champs Elysees.
2: Caleb Williams,
1: um, and maybe even what is it the uh, the Pyrenees there between France and Spain. You can go check that out if you're into the mountains. Look at Mr. Tour Guide and over marching here. around up there, hiking around.
2: You must watch a lot of YouTube videos on France.
1: It has some great beaches in the uh, nice French area. Riviera down is that there. Where Nice is at? Uh, yeah, Riviera? I think so. Yeah, down there off on the Mediterranean. So yeah, there's plenty to do in France. Number
2: one on my bucket list. I've told you this several times. I want to go to uh, Normandy at some point and see yeah. the D-Day beaches.
1: Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Reenact the opening scene from Saving Private Ryan. I
2: don't see why not. What's the point in going there if you don't do it that
1: way? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a that was a, an awesome. Everyone knows obviously the battle scene, but you get thrown into the battle scene unexpectedly as the guys walking over to the uh, walking through the cemetery.
2: Yeah. Um, how, I mean, how could you really know what to expect in, in something like that? You know, yeah. I mean, you're throwing to something like that. Text line says the French Open is going on right now. So maybe Bob's checking out some tennis or something. I don't know.
1: I, doubt I, don't, feel, it. I don't feel like he is. But. I doubt it. But maybe, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> That's good. Um, are, so are we done? It sounds like whenever you look at the kind of the landscape of sports commentary, Everyone has ditched the divisions, ditched the pods. Um, I haven't really even heard much about the one and seven. It's the three locked in and six.
2: Yeah, uh, like, I guess my biggest question would be, what are they, they're they're going with a completely different scheduling model. That much we know, right? And they're going with a scheduling model that's, I guess, probably unique to any other thing that we've seen in college football before, Correct. Yeah. So, what are they? What's their purpose here? What are they really trying to do? Are they trying to get more good teams against good teams? Like, what, what's the overall goal of this new scheduling premise that they're having here?
1: Well, the overall goal should be more even scheduling. You know, it's in their best interest. Let's say, for argument's sake, that the SEC splitting and having their own postseason is something that they're legitimately wanting to pursue. If that's the case, it doesn't do you any good to have the same one or two teams win it every year. In that scenario, you want it to be NFL-like to where almost everyone has a chance at least theoretically, a chance. So I think you level out the scheduling to where, gosh, remember the pandemic year whenever – who was it? We, we looked at some of the schedules and – Arkansas had to play Georgia week one.
2: Then they had to play Bama a couple weeks. It was the most egregious thing of we are going to set Alabama up and Arkansas, who's not supposed to be very good, buddy, we're going to roll them through the gauntlet. And the Big Ten did the exact same thing with Nebraska.
1: That's right. The exact same thing. So, I think they would like to eliminate that. But, you know, under the current system, you have to – I don't know if you should or shouldn't, if you want to win a championship in your conference, you do have to look at the landscape of your conference and say, well, who's got the best team, and who's got a chance at winning a national championship, and what can we do to make that a realistic opportunity?
2: Yeah, and I think that the – you know, dissolve, you know the the playoff talks, the expanded playoff talks, dissolving like they did, really kind of threw a wrench in their plans. Because right. I, I feel like all the plans the SEC is making, it's kind of all dependent on a twelve-team playoff format because they feel like they can get more creative and have stronger matchups on a week in week out basis. If it's a twelve-team playoff compared to a four-team playoff, like what what I think needs to be accomplished here is the biggest complaint of what they talk about with the scheduling and what we talk about with the scheduling being outside of the conference is it's ridiculous that A&M's been in the league for 10 years now and they haven't hosted Georgia. They've got to come up with a schedule model to where Alabama and Georgia play on a more frequent basis in the regular season. Alabama and Florida, Auburn and Florida, you hear those stories all the time. Auburn hasn't played in the swamp in 16 years. You've got to have a schedule format that puts your elite programs against each other more often
1: right and and your middle tier teams everyone has a a, it's more even scheduling and everyone should have a chance to win some football games yeah I went back and looked at it 2020 Arkansas opened up the season with number four Georgia on the road number 16 Mississippi State on the road number 13 Auburn home against Ole Miss on the road number eight A&M Home against Tennessee on the road. Number six, Florida. Home against LSU, the reigning national champion. At Missouri, final game of the year. Uh, Alabama at home. It's
2: ridiculous, man. <laughs> it's so ridiculous.
1: So they played one, two, three. They played four teams in the top eight, and they played six top sixteen teams in a what a ten game schedule. Brutal.
2: It's brutal. Al- yep. Alabama, on the other hand, they were set up quite nicely for their uh, schedule that yeah. year, en route to a national championship. Bama was so good that year; I don't think it would have mattered. They still probably win the uh, the national championship, but man, that's just that's but just. yeah, hilarious. it's
1: it, it's not. It it may not have mattered, but it's it's kind of like not the point, though. You know, it's um, yeah, I don't know, but I think that that is if they do end up going at it alone and and have the have the self-contained postseason then I think they'll do it it will it will be more like a NFL format I think to where
2: well especially with the 12 team playoff it'll be it'll have that feel sure
1: well I'm just saying that the SEC does their own playoff yeah um, because they they want everyone to have a chance to be involved in it to get every fan base. Engaged, um, it's going to be hard for that to happen. Obviously, because some of these schools have had such a huge head start, um, and and because of that huge head start, other schools like don't even. I mean, everyone puts money into football. There's no doubt about it. But you know, you have to kind of know what what you can really focus on and, and not focus on in order to, to chase some championships. So
2: we talk all the time about what podge do you want. Um, the new trend today is the 1-7 model. You play one team every single year. The the other seven is is at random. Uh, the 3-6 model, you're locked into three opponents every single year, and the six are random. Um, there, there was a report out. Not a report out. It was like SI.com took a guess at it. Ross Dellinger said, OU – their 3-6 model would be with Texas, Missouri, and Florida, which the addition of Florida is very interesting. We haven't talked about that before. But we don't talk about, you know, what place you don't want to go. If there was some model where it was like a 3-7-1, and one, and you got to lock in one opponent that you never have to play in the regular season, who would you want it to be? Where, where's the place in the conference or the team in the conference you don't really care one way or the other if OU plays? Um, Other than Missouri, obviously. I think we can all agree it's it's Mizzou. Auburn? You don't care about Auburn?
1: Well, if I'm going to go to that area, I'd rather just go to Alabama. Go to Tuscaloosa yeah.
2: or – um. Atlanta's is not too far away from Auburn, and then Athens is a little bit up the road.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't know. Maybe that's not fair. How about
2: Mississippi State?
1: You know, I would definitely pick Mississippi State if Mike Leach wasn't there. But that—that's probably the right answer is Mississippi State. I want to go to LSU. I know Auburn has a, you know, a, a really nice stadium, big stadium, typically. Talented, good football team. You know they have their up years and down years, obviously. But I Vanderbilt, but Nashville's, Nashville's awesome. supposed to be awesome. But
2: the Vanderbilt game here would be man, right? It's an easy win, but you know
1: I, I would love to go to South Carolina. Um, actually, really looking forward to to making that trip sometime in the future. Probably, even though they're way better now and. Mark and Mike Stoops are there, maybe Kentucky on the list that is low,
2: yeah, and and maybe that's a sneaky good trip that you don't realize how good of a trip it is till you actually go up there, but I'm with you, like Missouri, Kentucky, and Mississippi State are the teams that i'm that I'm looking at here,
1: but in all honesty, there's really not like as far as the locations, like if we eliminate what the record of the football team has been over um recent years there's nowhere that I don't really want to go other than probably yeah, like, Missouri.
2: Lexington, I I'm sure that they'll pack sixty five thousand in when when OU rolls out there, right? Mississippi State, you got the annoying cowbells and they've expanded their stadium and they'll pack it in. Like it would be a good atmosphere. Compared to what we're used to in the Big Twelve, it would be a great atmosphere at Kentucky and Mississippi State. So well, yeah, we're having to be pretty picky here because there's so many great places.
1: You say Kentucky would pack sixty five thousand in when Oklahoma comes, but they're not in the big twelve where like, they've probably got a a game that would be similar to that almost every home game that they've got, you know so what is their what do you think their attendance is like? Has it been
2: it's been yeah I mean they've had what two ten win seasons in the past four years. Uh, I mean, I, I guess you can Google the numbers and check it, but I, I feel like it's been pretty strong since yeah. the, the football team's gained a lot of momentum.
1: Last year they hosted, they hosted Missouri, Florida, LSU, Tennessee. That was their home SEC games. So I imagine that you know, you've got Florida and LSU, even though they're down, and Tennessee coming to town. I imagine they packed that place in. Pretty good.
2: Yeah, I think they do. Um, don't go to South Carolina in September. It's like being on the face of the sun. That's on the text line.
1: <laughs> Nashville's
2: an awesome place, but Vandy would be a beatdown. Kentucky Bourbon Trail. I'm all in. Like that's a thing too. Is it feels like you get more unique experiences outside of the just the football game in the SEC. Right. Like eh, okay, Kentucky, but yeah, you might be able to go on a Bourbon Trail. Right. Nashville uh, with Vanderbilt. That's there. Athens is somewhat nearby to Atlanta. Um, you know, I, there's something to do there. It just there, There's a lot of cool things to do in the SEC. Let me it's ask
1: you awesome. this. Here's an opportunity to show everyone how smart you are. Mm, can't wait. Do you know the name of Kentucky's field? Um,
2: it's Commonwealth Stadium at, is it Kroger Field? God.
1: isn't it amazing really nice i'm just man nicely done it's
2: useless information i i have it
1: it's a cool looking stadium it looks pretty cool because i just clicked on one of their like their tennessee game last year um it holds 61,690 100 capacity for that game uh so i'm guessing they they probably pack it in well if they've continue to play football the way they are, I'm sure they're thrilled to go there well, and watch it. The first them
2: play. time OU rolls in somewhere, it's it's going to be sold out. Oh yeah. Like Vanderbilt might be the exception to that, but literally everywhere else in the conference will be a sellout the first time OU goes there.
1: How what's what's Vanderbilt Stadium like?
2: Um it's got kind of high schoolish. You got two stands on both sides that look very similar. There's one end zone without seats, and maybe another end zone with a, a very bowl. small seats. They, they bowl it in.
1: It's a it's a bowl that just goes. It's like a horseshoe that yeah, goes. Yeah. So
2: they have a, the end zone with no to seats. To the end zone, yeah.
1: and then okay. there's like a, a like a scoreboard jumbotron in one end, and it looks pretty small. It holds forty thousand. So,
2: man, that place will reek of alcohol the mm. Saturday that oh, OU goes there the well, first time.
1: I think OU will travel massively to go to Nashville for that game. Yeah, of
2: course. LSU, the year uh, LSU won the title, LSU played there, and they traveled massively. I guess like all the bar – I don't think that they drank uh, Broadway Street dry, but wherever LSU fans were drinking before the game, for like an 11 a.m. game, I guess they drank the town dry, essentially. That's how many LSU fans rolled up there and how hard they party. It's, it's hard to it's hard to imagine drinking Broadway Street with all the bars they have there dry but it is LSU fans and I won't I won't put it past them. It,
1: LSU fans are like a swarm of grasshoppers that you know whenever those swarms get bad they just they move through and eat an entire crop, right? They just wipe it out. That's what LSU does with the bar scene wherever they go pretty wild it's pretty impressive by the way what's vanderbilt's stadium name vanderbilt stadium isn't it yeah gosh that's pretty good (laughs) it's just unbelievable. as lame of an answer as it is it's it's correct
2: (laughs) (laughs) well they could they haven't been good enough to name it after anybody you know no one's donated enough money to make it other than a small horseshoe you know no no jay cutler stadium that's probably the only bet that they have
1: yeah that's that'd be as good as any. Or
2: maybe he uh, lost that in the divorce, and we'll have to call it Kristen Cavallari Stadium or something like that.
1: <laughs> I. They should name it. Um, they should name it after him and have that picture of uh, of him like standing on the or like sitting on the bench. You know, in that, that was game. the
2: uh, Green Bay NFC Championship game the year the Packers won the Super Bowl,
1: where he just looks totally miserable, <laughs> yeah. just sitting there. That should be it's at the fifty yard uh, line. Please. That face. or. Or his face with, like, a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> that should be the, the, the painting on the 50-yard line.
2: What does he do now? did not he have, like, a farm where he raises animals? Is that what I he does? I think he just
1: hangs out, takes his kids to school. He was screwing around on social media for a little while. It uh, was actually a pretty funny guy. Uh, Mike, dry, dry humor, I'm dry guessing. Dry humor, yeah. I think he'll probably have a podcast soon he got to figure out some some way, to, or he may already have one. I don't know, but that would be good. All right, quick timeout. Keep the text coming. 651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions, text line. We'll be back.
0: This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Cavens Construction. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Call Cavens at 405-473-3048. Or in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Or visit cavensconstruction.com At Riverwind, we know what you need. I you, I need you, my on fire. you need the best. You're simply the best. Riverwind is OKC's number one casino experience.
2: We promise you the best food, drinks, and service. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Layman. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma, can help take the ease off of your staff by fixing those pesky problems in your office building. CavinsConstruction.com is where you can find them online or over the phone. Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612. At the Dallas... Caravan last Thursday, Britt Venables was asked about the OU Texas game, and he said this, quote, in all my games I've ever been in, and I've been on some big stages, eight national championships, 19 conference championships, no one's counting, but there ain't nothing like walking down that dang rank, uh, dang ramp in the Cotton Bowl. The passion, the intensity, the love, the hate. The hate is real. You gotta have some hate in your heart when you talk about that game. In quotes.
1: That's good. Does he believe that, or is that? Um, because you have to say that. You can't. You can't be the head coach at Oklahoma and say, "Yeah, you know, it's good, but." You have to sell it as the best of the best of the best.
2: Well, yeah, because look what happened to Jalen Hurts. Everyone was all crazy about Jalen Hurts and he said, I played in big games before, played in the Iron Bowl, and everyone <laughs> virtually hated him after that.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, um, I I think he believes it and I think it holds up. I honestly do. Now, not every year is it the the greatest show you could ever imagine. But some years it is right, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be, you know, two top ten football teams to have it be that type of atmosphere. Last year turned into one of the craziest moments, I, probably the craziest that stadium has ever been for that
2: craziest game. Craziest I've ever seen it. I mean, '96 rolling in there as a Owen what five football team and winning that game. I mean, in terms of unexpected, I don't know what's more unexpected. Going to that team winless and winning the thing, or being down 28-7 in the first quarter and somehow winning in regulation?
1: Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, the 96, uh, if anyone that was there, did it get as ridiculous, like, in the stands and loud. My dad's always
2: said uh, it, 96 is the loudest he's ever heard it. I yeah. wasn't at the 96 game.
1: What was the final? Of that was it. A close 27-24 game.
2: 27-24 or was it 30-27? Something. One of those two. One by three. Yeah.
1: Because uh, Texas
2: kicked a field goal in their first possession in overtime. OU scored a touchdown. They win by three.
1: Oh, so that was that must have been right when they changed the rules. I think it rules. was.
2: I, it was the first year. I think it was. Text line. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was first that the overtime? first overtime game in NCAA history? Definitely in Big 12 history, but I think it may have been in NCAA well,
1: definitely history. Definitely in the series history, too. So, wow. That's – that's I bet that was crazy. I bet that was wild. But, you know, the stadium didn't hold as many then. It held 20,000 less.
2: Yeah. Uh, it was the first overtime game in college football. Wow. Cool.
1: Interesting. Uh, nice. You I- hang that up in the rafters if you're Texas. <laughs>
2: Lost it. Yeah. Lost it to <laughs> a probably winless
1: uh, OU team.
2: See if uh, Brent tipped us off on something here. Quote, it's an amazing venue, tremendous platform, ABC, 11 o'clock. Nobody needs to remind the Sooners when and where that game is going to be. End quote. So, look, man, we're, we all know that it's going to be an 11 a.m. kick. It's not official. But the fact that he said ABC, which was announced last week, is who's carrying the game, mm-hmm. and he said 11 o'clock. Um, I don't know if that's a dead giveaway, but...
1: Cats out of the bag? Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: Least surprising news of the day, I know, but...
1: You know, luckily uh, for Venables, he's an early riser. Uh, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed at uh, super early hours of the day after only maybe four or five hours of sleep, so uh, the 11 a.m. kicks aren't going to be a problem for him. And, you know, I think we've we've unfortunately grown used to them as a fan base over the years, right? Especially that game. I mean, you would think,
2: but that first 11 a.m. game is pretty tough, you know? None of them are – we may be used to it, but that doesn't mean any of them are easy.
1: I would – I think the 11 a.m. game – like the 11 a.m. home game is hard because by the time you get your whole – Tailgate and everything set up. You don't even have time to like do anything. You know that's it's,
2: why I don't think very many people tailgate 11 a.m.
1: Right. Well, they still come out and they still set their stuff up. It's just it's a lot of work to go out there, set it all up, and you've got like
2: maybe the mentality is we'll just set it up before the game and we'll just hang out after the game and watch post-party. other games. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's what happens quite a bit. But um, it's almost easier for the OU Texas game, even though you're fighting a severe hangover from the night before. Um, you don't have any setup stuff. You just somehow find a way, as long as you've got your phone in hand, to uh, make it to the game, scan your ticket, and get in.
2: Well, I do not know if I was going to make it last year. The traffic situation. Um, yeah, because dro- oh, everyone's man.
1: last minute.
2: It was late, wake not up. good. I will be uh, taking the dart next year, which the dart in itself makes me very nervous. Very, <laughs> very nervous, but uh, I You're don't know. You're taking the I'm dart? Already, I'm already stressed out about it.
1: How, is that a thing? How many people do that is it I feel, does it work well
2: Well, no, there have been times where people haven't rolled into the game until like the second quarter because you know something happened with the dart. From what I understand, it's a better situation now than maybe what it's been in the past. So next year might be my first gamble on the on the darts, but I'm still nervous about it
1: i I feel like sometimes. I should park in Denton for the game, and I could walk to Denton and get my car and get to Oklahoma faster than sitting in traffic it's trying to get out lying.
2: of there. not lying. You'd be walking past a lot of chain restaurants on your way. Oh, yeah. Uh, 24-7 Sports did a story last week. I think it was Friday while you were gone. Uh, this is who each team's first loss of the season will come against, and I'm scrolling the Big 12 teams, and it says, Kansas State's first loss will be to Oklahoma. I'm like, oh, okay, scrolling through. Uh of course they had Oklahoma's first loss coming to the University of Texas, to which I LOL'd out loud. Yeah. And didn't pay much attention to the article. Well Like I, based based on what?
1: Um Yeah, I I don't know. Well, they lost all their guys to USC. I think that I think Texas is going to have it, it we'll see. If if Quinn Ewers lives up, like, if he's anywhere close to that, he doesn't even have to be like hype. Wise, he doesn't even have to be close to where the hype is. Last year, they had the the number one scoring offense in the Big Twelve as far as conference games only. When we all played the same schedule, they scored the most points, and I like, their quarterback got benched and they had issues throughout the year, quarterback wise. If he is if, if he's legit, they're probably going to have a really – not probably. They will have a really, really good offense. That's
2: yeah, true. so maybe this is all
1: – If they can block it, they're, they're going to have offensive line problems. But
2: what was the story this spring for them? I don't know. Hudson Card looked pretty good. It's next quarterback battle. I saw enough of Hudson Card last year. And maybe this is just, you know, Sark not wanting to name a starter because he wants a, you know, somewhat of a legit backup option on campus.
1: Right. But, he didn't want him to transfer, probably. Yeah,
2: but if if that's if that's not what it was about, and both guys looked really close throughout the spring, I'm not as high on the Texas offense as everyone else is going to be. If Quinn Ewers is not head and shoulders better than Hudson Card, then this offense isn't going to be what some people think it's going to be this year. Hudson uh, Quinn Ewers better be head and shoulders better than what they had last year at QB.
1: Right. He better be that. Well. I don't think you're going to have to be all that great at quarterback for their offense to be really good. Skill-wise, they're going to have, I mean, potential-wise, they've got a a skill group that could rival almost anyone in the country uh, at wide receiver, tight end, and running back. Now... The key to that is you've got to be able to block it up front, and they're going to have problems at tackle. Uh, they may be may even be playing freshman at tackle, which is not what you want, especially whenever you're going to be playing Alabama. Second game of the, how about that? Uh,
2: Alabama's defense. I, I know they're good every year, but especially this year, man, they've got they've got rushers, oh God. perhaps
1: the best defensive player in the last decade Seriously. in college football, Seriously. coming off the edge, and if you can't oh block him and you've got a freshman playing quarterback, you want to talk about a Good disaster, luck. buddy? That's what a disaster looks like.
2: Uh, Brian Peace on Twitter's not really helping out my stress right now. Took the darts. Getting there was fine. Five hours to get back to the car and almost lost my dad on the way back.
1: Wow. <laughs> I see there's another one there at the top of the text line. Are you just looking for a reason to start your day off on the wrong foot? <laughs> By taking the those dart. dice
2: a few years ago and will never happen again. I, uh, it, anything has to be better than what we went through last year trying to park
1: yeah I was on the dart last year and it was insane uh, post game just had to cram in shoulder to shoulder chest to chest and just survive until the first couple of stops great that sounds horrible
2: Teddy park at Windstar and get an Uber bro
1: you can't get an Uber there's we, there's no way
2: we use the dart train every year and it's amazing. Man. The OU LA Alumni Club hates the 11 a.m. kicks, 9 a.m. for us. Yeah, I bet.
1: I bet that is tough. Ugh.
2: This one says darts, more like <laughs> fart. <laughs> fart is in all caps, if in case you were wondering. Uh, well, I bet that's what the dart smells like. Oh, God. Could you imagine? Okay, everything that you hate about yes. Teddy hates. The the smell of a college football Saturday, he thinks it smells like B.O. and hot, sticky beer, which he's not wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But I imagine the darts being just a very small box, and that smell is present at every single uh, turn.
1: And there is few things in this world worse than being in a confined area with people that are sloppy drunk, and you... Have not had any beverages. I if you if you are not in the same mindset, it is it is miserable. Yeah, it
2: is. I hate it.
1: Everyone yelling and spitting when they're talking and oh, just no. I'll you can you can take the dart if you like. <laughs> not happening with it's this guy. Be,
2: uh, uh, Why are have, you making that decision? I don't because I don't know what other decisions I have on the table. It's either drive there or take the dart there. Or what? wait around for an hour and a half and wait for an Uber to pick you up. It's not like, Teddy, no matter which option, there's going to be stress involved leaving that place.
1: I can probably throw you in a duffel and get you on the team bus. That'll get you to the airport, and then from there you're have to. you on your own. It's, it's,
2: it's, I <laughs> don't care. That's the best option that we have.
1: Oh, wow.
2: Watch you run to the car so you don't have to talk to anybody on your way out of the Cotton Bowl.
1: Yeah. I'm telling you, for the first time ever, I may be going with the team next year. <laughs> I've, I think I may finally opt out of the uh, of the traffic situation. Jesse
2: says I took the dart once with some friends. We lost our friend Doug for 24 hours after we were roofied. Wow! <laughs> I bet you could get some illegal drugs and roofied on the darts.
1: Um, poor Doug. Um, here's the other thing What
2: you guys do with his mattress.
1: Right. I was about to say, uh, the dart is bad enough. Don't compound things by taking a drink from a stranger on the dart, you know? Wow. I
2: don't know. You may be craving a beer. That's the only thing that could calm the nerves down during the dart is to drink a stranger's beer. It may be worth the risk at that point.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if there's people that are into roofing a group of guys out watching the football game. I think that is just like roofie means you had way too much to drink the night before and at the game in the hot sun, and it just kind of ended up having the same effect. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next.
2: It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy, Teddy's Eye. Before we get to story number one, everyone's questioning if we got the uh, hangover reference from that text last segment. I oh, sure did. That's why I mentioned the mattress. Did you not, did you not I get guess, the reference?
1: No. Oh, I guess I didn't. That's disappointing. Yeah.
2: Very, actually.
1: Sorry. Um, yeah. I I heard you say the mattress part, and I knew you were talking about the hangover, but that's funny. All right, um, first quick shout-out to our friends over at Roof Tech, Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, running the business over there, doing an excellent job. Give him a call for any of your roofing needs. Uh, rapid Fire, Chelsea Football Club. The sale has been preliminarily approved. Uh, Todd Boley and Clear Lake Consortium, $5.32 billion for a football club. How about that? Jeez. It's crazy, isn't it?
2: Yeah. The uh, the amount of worth for uh, teams out there, they, they generate so much money, though, that I'm sure at some point he's going to make its cash back.
1: And I guess Bowley's part owner in the Dodgers and the Lakers, um, those are some pretty good franchises to be a part of. Um, NBA expansion, perhaps, as their uh, media rights deal is up in 2024, but... Uh, Pretty much unanimous out there that they believe it will be in Seattle and Las Vegas.
2: Yeah, Vegas makes a lot of sense. They have the, would well, they still have the summer league out there anyway? Um, and now it's like everyone was scared for so long of, well, we can't put pro sports in here. So, you know, a lot of bad things are going to happen, and some mm-hmm. bad things have happened up to this point. But I think at some point they'll probably even get a Major League Baseball stadium
1: that's there. Well, I'll tell you, football. And basketball, totally different that is, animal. That is true. Uh, when you travel for football, you have like two hours that you can leave, and that is like before your meetings start for that evening. Basketball, I. I'll just tell you right now, there's some uh, evening entertainment establishments out there that are throwing parties right now. Well, I, that the NBA, the may stars be
2: only playing about seventy five percent of the games anymore. Anyway, that'll be the load management game that they take off. Is the road game in Vegas?
1: I don't know what team James Harden will play on oh, by gosh. the time Vegas has an expansion NBA team, but fade. James Harden, whenever he's playing in Vegas, do run the other way big time. He and might then,
2: be able to uh, smell his scent from the 300 <laughs> level.
1: Uh, it's weird. Um, He'll
2: be playing with a lot of glitter on him. Yeah, as he's he rolls glittering
1: as he uh, jogs up and down the court. Uh, final thing, Deshaun Votson uh, about to face some public pressure on Real Sports, HBO Tonight, they're going to have some of the accusers on for the first time speaking publicly about what exactly went down. So we'll see where that goes.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that he's probably going to be suspended for at least a portion of next season, but then I remind myself it's the NFL, and if he's a big rating draw and he's a great player, it almost feels like, well, the NFL is going to figure out a way to make him eligible for week one.
1: Yeah, he's been suspended for a couple of preseason games. And fined? Seriously,
2: that might be about it,
1: right? Well, they already avoided the. Uh, they gave him everything he wanted. They guaranteed that whole contract, and they paid the first year of the salary in in bonus. And his salary is only a million dollars, so his fine for missing how like however many games he misses, it's not going to be that much because you know you obviously don't get paid for the games you're suspended for. Uh, he already got he already got his his upfront year one salary.
2: All right, story one for me, former Texas running back Ricky Williams has changed his name. He has changed his name to Eric Myron, M-I-R-O-N, if that's how you pronounce it. I guess uh, the last name derived from his wife. I think he took her last name is, is what happened. So he said, quote, I did it maybe a year and a half ago, made it official, something I was thinking and talking about, and I finally went through the steps. I went to the Social Security office with my marriage certificate, and I went through the process. It was quick and easy, and it was worthwhile, felt really worthwhile, in quotes. So he's no longer Ricky Williams. He is Eric Myron.
1: Eric Myron. Uh Uh-huh. Well, okay. Why? Why change his first name? So
2: he discussed how he changed – the first name is no different. This is the birth name of a 45-year-old man, although he always goes by Ricky. So I guess that's technically his God-given first name, and he's always gone by Ricky instead. I did not know that. I guess he basically just started going by his real birth name and then changed his last name to his wife's last name.
1: Got you. So his name was like Eric Eric Richard Williams or something like that? Huh. Okay. All right. Well, um bad news. I will still unfortunately refer to him as Ricky Williams. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: yeah, as as will I. Uh, Great news coming to those who frequent the Midtown and Automobile Alley areas in Oklahoma City. Okay. Free parking may soon come to an end. That's right. A proposal is being discussed with the Oklahoma City Council to bring more revenue to the metro area. If approved, there will be 200 and 230-metered spaces in Automobile Alley and 320 to 375 more-metered spaces in Midtown. Uh joy.
1: How do we find a way to squeeze more revenue out of these folks that are coming down here for a good time? I got an idea. Let's convince them to not come here because they'll hate trying to find parking. Amazing.
2: Last one I have, and I think that this was just message board chatter. There's not anything legit out. But I guess A&M fans yesterday, because they um, parted ways with their softball coach, I guess the uh, 20-0 loss did not help on uh, Sunday. But, of course, A&M fans are throwing out, well, we'll just go throw a bunch of money at Patty Gasso and get her to come coach down here.
1: Uh, Yeah, right. Um, That's funny. Do you think they let – the softball coach get on the team bus to make it back, or did they lane Kiffin her?
2: I think she's just now in Denton, <laughs> honestly, trying to make her way back to College Station. Wow. I uh, Kenny Gayeski at Oklahoma State could be a, a good bet here, though, because A and M, like everything else, they will throw a lot of money at their next softball coach. What I heard Plank say today that his wife is an A and M grad. Um, OSU will still be good next year, but you know they're they're losing some really key players off this year's team, so. Maybe the timing's right here for Kenny G to make his way to the SEC.
1: I guess, I mean, that perhaps, you know, there's also some other um Patty Gasso coaching tree options out there, right? Um I don't know if anyone currently would would be looking to I take a job. I don't think JT up.
2: Gasso would nope. take that job. Though it'd be a lot of money. Jin Rocha, the pitching coach, I mean maybe potentially.
1: Who was it that took the Washington job?
2: Uh, Well, Heather Tarr is at Washington. You're talking about who? Melissa Lombardi took the Oregon job? Yeah.
1: Oregon, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, I feel very confident that uh, Patty Gasso is not leaving Oklahoma to go to Texas A&M. Could be wrong on that. You know, she does have a brand new stadium coming, some big upgrades coming, but a statue coming, but maybe I'm wrong. Just...
2: All I'll say is be very nervous if at the post-game press conference this Sunday she says, I'm not going to be the next head catcher at LSU. (laughs) Just be nervous. Oh,
1: That's great. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back, wrap up hour number two next. Stay with us.
2: It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Cavens Construction, bringing you this hour of the rush, CavensConstruction.com. Hey, real quick, some transfer portal and Cruton news. Alabama just picked up a commitment from Eli Holstein, four-star quarterback out of the state of Louisiana. Sounds like they uh, stole that recruit away from Texas A&M. That means Bama may have eliminated itself from Arch Manning and the sweepstakes there. So our wish is maybe closer to coming true than ever. Sounds like it could be a two-horse race not right now, between Georgia and Texas for Arch Manning.
1: Yeah, I was um, I was interested in that. You think that you think that really means that Arch Manning is is not interested anymore in Alabama? I I,
2: I think that I mean if they're going to take a quarterback in the same class, um, yeah, I, I think that this is a pretty massive deal. This is a big deal. Also, Texas added a player via the portal, Iowa State wide receiver Tariq Milton. He didn't play anywhere this spring. He basically just hung out all spring and didn't play anywhere. Nice. Um, Nebraska added a transfer receiver from Texas, Marcus Washington. 18 receptions, 277 yards, and two touchdowns last year. So, some portal movement to in from Austin.
1: Nice. All right, quick timeout, final hour of the rush coming up next.